something to eat. Delicious meat and nutritious meat. You can't beat my meat for special treat. Sucking on me is really neat. Don't be a jerk and don't be a fool. Be a good neighbor and follow these rules. Hello everybody, this is Nick and Gerard from the ArcadeHunters.com Welcome you to episode 117 of the Arcade Hunters podcast. And we got a rip-roaring show for you. We were going to get together and do a whole um, Easter podcast about rabbits and <laughs> kind of like, I want to get like, a, a, we're going talk about the rabbits and live off the fat of the land <laughs> but you know times are changing and things happen so <laughs> we didn't get to it so I, we are oh. i was gonna say i don't understand why we never learn it's mainly me it's not you it's me mm -hmm. I, I keep wanting to say oh next next time we'll talk about x y and z but whenever i say that we never something comes up we can't meet we can't record and it's like well well that was a waste ruh -roh. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about a lot of stuff in the last thing because we had mm -hmm. the, some of the new movies that we were talking about so did you get to watch tetris yet oh god yeah this is the inventor of tetris your game is brilliant i'm gonna make you a millionaire mr rogers have you ever negotiated with the soviets we're here for tetris what do you say? I don't speak Russian. <laughs> the most powerful man in Communist Party is watching you and your family. Do you know where your husband is? What the hell is going on? The world is changing and Soviet Union will not be left behind. You want to play with the big boys? This is how the world works. Where is my money? This is insane. We can't protect you. Sometimes you got to forget the rules. I watched, yeah, I watched both Tetris and Pinball, The Man Who Saved the Game. Tetris yesterday, The Man Who Saved the Game today. And wow, what a difference between the films and the filming style. Mm -hmm. The first, So I, I knew the Tetris story behind getting the rights for the handheld. From Thank you, reading Norm, it in, from gaming historian, right? No, no, actually, no. I never watched oh. his video on it. I knew it from reading articles in Retro Gamer magazine, mm -hmm. reading interviews with. They kept. Is it uh, Hank H E N K? Yeah, they say Hank? it Hank. They it say sounds it, like he, Hank. Yeah, it, said, like, it sounds like Hank, but spelled H E N K. Interviews with him, articles on it, and after watching the movie, I was like, huh. Then I went and watched Norm's hour-long history, and I'm like, okay, that's what I read. That matches mm -hmm. up. But it's, great, great. As double, I like to say, I was gonna say, great double feature: the Tetris movie and Norm the Gaming Historian's video on it. It's definitely Hollywooded up. Like we gotta escape. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna leave us here. <laughs> we gotta fly out as soon as we can. You know, like under the cover of darkness and stuff like that. And, and I don't know, I wasn't there, so how do you know? Well, that's what's crazy. So as far as I know, that crooked KGB guy, the guy that was trying to work with Mirosoft because he was going to get a cut of the money, the guy that mm -hmm. did the dramatic with the with Hank's kids dropping the change out the window towards the end, show, doing the gravity yeah. lesson, then dropping the chair in the corner out the window, like the kid's going to be next, so he's saying which one's going to fall first. I, I'm almost 100% sure that's all bullshit. Yeah, that's That's all made up. That was they need that a villain. They need a villain and stuff like that, so. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's funny. If they just, it seemed like, I thought the movie was just going to be on the handheld rights, the Tetris mm -hmm. for the Game Boy. That's the story that, that's the one where Hank has said in interviews where he even mentions it in, um, Norm mentions it in his video where he didn't know if he was going to get the rights or go to the gulag. Yep. Because that's when he goes there, shows up, and hands over the cartridge. And the Soviet, the guy at the Soviet Union's like, What's this? We never gave you the publishing rights to this. We never sold those rights. Mm -hmm. And the other thing where the, the movie 
the movie got a lot right as far as the main key points and events. Trying to untangle that giant ball of a mess of the rights that I get was the guy's name Stein. He was yeah, the guy. I, it was like yeah. He was a guy was kind of trying to say it. like it was a computer. It's like that has nothing to do with an arcade game, and like this yep. is a Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't have a keyboard on it. That's not a computer like that. Yeah, Stein had the rights, and he was trying to sell them to Mirasoft. He sold some rights to Atari. So one company had rights in Japan. One company had worldwide one had arcade one had pc computers all this back and forth they did a good job of kind of teasing it out to make sense some of the key points were kind of hollywooded up it's like mm-hmm. like when you find out that about the tank and atari rights the console rights the guy slaps down the advertisement for the tank and atari game down tetris down and shows Hank like they already have the rights. That was very Hollywooded up. Mm-hmm. The one thing that kind of threw me off was they made it like Hank was going to Nintendo for the first time with Tetris when he already published the game Go. Well, also he ha- there's a little Easter egg. I forget the name of it, but he has a shirt on. Mm-hmm. He has a t. On and it has a logo on it, and that's actually their first game that they made. It was a, it was like a Dungeons and Dragons type game. Yep, uh, that was uh, the first game he made. Onyx, and then, yeah, the Black it was Onyx. Onyx. Black, yep. So he has a T-shirt on that says the Black Onyx. That was the first game that they did at Bulletproof. One of the first games they did, and then they did Go. Yeah, I thought. Kudos on the casting. Whoever they got to yes. play Minoru Arakawa, the president mm-hmm. of Nintendo, I was like, <laughs> oh my god. I thought they pulled him like, that guy looked real. <laughs> that, yep. The, what, that's one thing definitely Hollywooded up. He never played a video game in his life, so <laughs> definitely never played Tetris. <laughs> no. And there are some moments here and there. Like, the biggest thing was Hank already had a relationship with Nintendo. They made it almost seem like he didn't because he had a relationship from Go. Like we said, the whole KGB subplot with that crooked guy, that was all that was, I'm almost 100% sure, was fake. That's all Hollywood. That's all Hollywood. And like I said before, the roughest moment for Hank Rogers was getting the initial Game Boy handheld rights and being told that he didn't have the rights to publish the japanese famicom version mm-hmm. and he it's like i'm leaving with the rights or i'm going to the gulag i'm going to jail in the soviet and no one will hear from me again that was tense if i remember correctly the article i read after that was straightened out the whole contract thing was true with the rewriting the contract to specify what a pc is and that kind of cut the other guy out that was all true and when he got it confirmed that they had the handheld rights he got the hell out of the soviet union as fast yeah. as he could that's why it was odd when they showed that for finalizing the cartridge rights for like Ninten- for the Nintendo system. It's like, no, the stressful stuff was before this. Yeah. And then like you watch Norm's video after that, they were kind of freely going back and forth. And the Soviet Union was looking at becoming more capitalistic, expanding and going outside the borders. Norm's video goes into how the original PC game to sell it. They really upped the Soviet Union Russian influence to make it seem like this is like a just like a almost like a folktale type game from the Soviet Union. We finally got it out from the Iron Curtain for people. That's to how play. it felt definitely when I was a kid too. Oh yeah. Like, this was like this mystic well like, ooh, what are the Ruskies playing? Like that I'm like, ooh, this is like you know, oh is it it's a you know, they always called it the Soviet mind game. Yeah, exactly. And we were, I mean, we were alive before the Berlin Wall fell. We were were conscious of that when all that stuff was going on. So I was like, ooh. And the one thing I forgot, and Norm's video mentions it, was the boss key. Hitting the escape key on the computer version that would turn to a blank computer prompt screen. Mm Because people were playing it so much at work on their computers. You're getting in trouble. Yep. But I did like they included the one line that he said, like, they they take him into R&D and they show mm-hmm. him the Game Boy. And there's, like, only you and, like, seven people know about this. 
and he's sitting there and he goes, you know, obviously it's Hollywooded up that there's like a complete version yeah. of Tetris that he just goes. Yeah. What code is that? Let me. It, it, oh, it's based. Oh, and then all yeah. of a sudden it looks exactly like the home version. It looks like the regular version of Tetris, but the line that he says, if you want to sell a couple hundred thousand mm-hmm. units, pack this with Mario. If you want to sell it to everybody, put Tetris in there. And yep. that was th- that proof was in the pudding because you saw what happened. Everybody had Game Boy. Everybody played Tetris. What was funny for me, I remember when I first bought Game Boy, I was never a Tetris fan. I am now, but as a kid, I wasn't a puzzle game fan. I was a platformer fan. I liked the Mario games better. And I remember I had money for my communion. The Game Boy, it was shortly after, it was like the spring after the Game Boy came out. And I was in the Carolinas and I had my money and we, my parents took me to a Toys R Us so I could buy it. And I saw the game it came with, and I looked over and I saw the Amazing Spider-Man was like oh, 1999, no. and so I bought that. And I play, I I still love the Game Boy Spider-Man game. I played the crap out of that, and Tetris I played like once and just tossed it to the side yeah. because that wasn't my jam. Mm. It was a, like I said, it's Hollywooded up. It's still a lot of fun, so mm. I definitely would recommend checking it out if you have Apple. Yep, I would recommend doing the double feature of the Tetris movie and the Gaming Historians video on Tetris. Oh yeah, definitely. Watch, watch it back to back, because what's really cool is watching Norm's video. You then it you pick and shoot. You get to pick and see. Okay, that was real. That was real. That was real. Okay, that was made up. That was exaggerated. And it's just cool seeing the two side by side. Mm. And I do have to say. The one thing that hooked me about the Tetris movie was the music. Yes, I like the... uh... You go. I was just going to say, the fact that they had some of the original... They had the Russian songs that the Tetris music was based on, but they kind of flipped it, and it was like a mixture of almost like... What would you call it? Is it... um, Like the chiptune kind of version. Yep, chiptune. Chiptune music, but with more like a DJ, like Daft Punk kind of spin on Mm -hmm. it. With the original elements. I thought that was cool. It's also funny hearing some like uh, We Need a Hero in Japanese and like wasn't there like a Russian No, they were singing ca- uh they were sing- oh, no, they were singing We Need a Hero in that was in Russian. A Russian. But there there's yeah. also there's also another song that was a Japanese version. I forgot I what which, yeah. I got I mean, the soundtrack, but but it was very entertaining. It did really play up the Soviet Union it made it seem like it was very risky to go out and very risky. Meanwhile, people were traveling back and forth to the Soviet Union making deals. It wasn't, from my understanding, as bad as the movie makes it out. And it was true. Like, the lady that was, you know, she was KGB. That was like, yeah. It was all of a sudden just happened to find someone that could translate and tell you where exactly where to go in the, in the whole city. Yep, but she didn't make a pass at him. And then, and then the other guy operative caught a photo, and then they blackmailed him. That mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that stuff wasn't happening. So we got to talk about the pinball movie, man, who saved the game. So I'm I'm lucky I got a chance to sit down and talk to Roger Sharp. Mm-hmm. Really nice man. He just reminds me of my dad with the big bushy mustache. Mm-hmm. I just you know we were we were waiting on uh, classics at Free Play Florida about uh, a few years ago, and I just said you know. I'm, I so, I'm sorry, my name's Nick. I just have to say hi to you. Thank you for everything that you've done. <laughs> you know, thank <laughs> you for everything. Because it's weird because I, I tell people a lot, like, uh, about pinball with the legality of it. How we were living on Long Island, and, like, keep in mind, the movie takes place in the 70s. So this is before yep. either of us were born. But telling about, like, my father would tell me stories about games that he used to play that came out in, like, the 70s. And I was thinking to myself, how did he play these games if they were illegal? That was because they were illegal in New York City, not in, like, Nassau, Suffolk County mm-hmm. on Long Island where we live. So it he they do show this in the movie. So it's basically, it starts off, it's kind of like a mock documentary, and he just asks them a blank 
question that the director says, what's the best shot that you ever, tell us about the, the best shot that you ever took. And it's a double-ended question because it's also about lifting the pinball ban and about him uh, meeting up with his would-be, will-be wife, I should say, mm-hmm. right? Yep, second so, wife. Second wife, yep. <clears throat> so I really enjoyed it, you know. It, it, um, you know, it had the blessing of Roger Sharp in there. Everybody said, "Why don't they just have Roger Sharp actually in the movie instead of the actor playing the old version of him and then the young version?" I thought it was, I thought it was neat, and they showed him how, you know, he got started playing at a bar mm-hmm. when he was in Chicago, and you know, couldn't find any place to play it in New York, and then ended up finding it in an adult bookstore. Yep. <laughs> becoming friends with the guy in the adult bookstore, <laughs> getting a job at GQ and all the all this stuff, writing his book. So I have a, I have a, a kind of a what the fuck moment. So I completely forgot that Roger Sharp wrote a book. He, I think mm-hmm. he's written a few books. I was at a bookstore. This is probably ten years ago in New Hampshire, and they had his book. In like mint, almost brand new condition. I think they were asking like it was a used bookstore. They're asking like fifty bucks for it, and I kind of thumbed through it. I'm like, I'm not at the time. I'm like, I'm not paying fifty bucks for a pinball book. Mm-hmm. And walk now away. Now you know and, what it is. <laughs> oh well, I I knew what I kind of knew what it was, but I didn't know how rare it's become and the yeah. value of the book. I'm like kicking myself. People are trying to sell it for thousands of dollars. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. I thought it was really cool that, you know, it has, like, the reenactments of him going and interviewing people. Like, you know, Harry Williams calls him on the phone, and he doesn't want to take the call. And he's like, oh, hey, I've heard you've been talking to some of my friends. I'm surprised you were able to get anything out of them. The the actor, I forgot his name, they got to play Harry Williams, and just his whole demeanor was awesome. Talking about his lemon tree and making lemonade, and just talking about doing the pins and the old school pinball and making them a little longer because he realized people were cheating. Yep. Tilting the machine and everything. Alvin Gottlieb, his representation was it was what I liked was they did their name checking for the story, but by doing it and the way the story was written, it's okay if you didn't know who these people were. You knew oh, they exactly, were yeah. You knew they were important because Roger Sharp wanted to talk to them, and they were mm-hmm. important in the pinball industry. But it was that's all you need to know for the movie. Meanwhile, people like you and me were like, "Holy shit, that's that, that's that, that's that." Mm-hmm. So I like that. And the other good stuff was because they're working with a guy that is so, you know, focus oriented on it. Um, my my friends and I were we were complaining about. Wonder Woman 1984. (laughs) And the first thing they show is kids in a mall in an arcade and they're playing Operation Wolf, a (laughs) game that came out. And even my brother, who doesn't really care about video games that much, was like, that game come out in like the late 80s? I remember that on Nintendo with the zapper. And I said, yeah, it's 87. He goes, well, that takes you out of it. So the whole thing was... He wanted to make sure that all of the games that you see being played in the movie are exactly from that time period. They were mm-hmm. all um, Eddie Kramer, who was our, our good friend from up in New York. He used to work at, um, he has a, his YouTube channel called Pintech, and mm-hmm. he pretty much just restores games soup to nuts. And he was the tech for the movie and all of those games were restored by him. And one really cool thing is there is a nod to the late um, Steve Epstein is at the end of the movie because, you know, he's asking about, he says, now the question is, did I really sell my game? And it yeah. goes, no, why would I sell my games? I never sell my games. Look at my collection yeah. like that. And it's kind of like that's pretty much what his basement looks like in person. But I thought that was really cool. If you look right behind his head, mm-hmm. you'll see there's a photo of Steve Epstein on there, and the movie is dedicated to him. Yep. And Dahlia, um, the uh, wife of um, of of Eddie, 
who passed away, unfortunately, from cancer. So I had a good time with it. I think uh, you'll definitely have a good time. It It's a love story. It's a mm -hmm. pinball movie. So it's got something for everybody. Can So if you're a pinball fan and you have your significant other doesn't really care about it and you want to have a little little movie time, I recommend checking it out. I think it was a really good movie. Yep, it was a cool mix of like pseudo, I guess you would say like pinball documentary with like a indie dramedy, like dra yep. an indie drama comedy. It had the indie vibes yep. with it and it had Roger Sharp checking. I did like how there'd be period, like the one scene when he takes a girl to show her, to the adult bookstore to show her pinball. It starts off with like what you would normally see in a movie, the hand caressing the hand over the mm -hmm. flipper button and all that stuff. And then it cuts into old Roger Sharp saying, what are you doing? That's not how that happened. It's like, please, I don't want to do this. We're not doing this in the movie. Yeah. And, like, then and he also does it at the end with the with the cold shot. Like, you know, yep. people are celebrating champagnes yep. popping. It's like, no, it wasn't like that. The guy just kind of rolled his eyes and said, OK, it's lifted like that. Yeah, that and. I, I forgot I forgot the guy, the ba the guy that Roger Sharp kept referring to as a judge in that scene had the best most exaggerated New York accent, mm -hmm. which I thought was awesome. Definitely gives you. Yeah. I was gonna say the only Holly there are some Hollywoodish moments like when they when Roger Sharp gets into a fight with his girlfriend and. The dramatic scene about him calling her out for hiding her heart in the closet and blah 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 and but besides that I mean besides that for making it a movie and like you said at the end there's Roger Sharp saying I didn't sell my game it's like I didn't sell my game to get tickets to go to California like I got all my games <laughs> yeah great movie like it fills like you said it fills both niches if you're a pinball nerd or if you're just into like indie drama slash comedy movies covers both you ready yeah all right tell us everything about the greatest shot you ever took <laughs> and now we got to talk about the third movie one that has been breaking the records it's one super I mario not, brothers one i have not seen one yeah. that i've saw half of <laughs> super mario brothers so what happened was, so last week, you know, last week was my birthday, April, April the 10th. You want to still buy us presents? You know, Gerard's was around the same time. So yep. send us, uh, send us your PayPal. But, um, anywho, I noticed like the one theater, there's a really nice, you know, kind of like, um, I don't know if you've got any up by you that have like the reclining leather seats oh, and stuff so like that. My, uh, there's an AMC theater in Tynesboro that has the MacGuffins bar and stuff. It's mm -hmm. about an hour and 45 minutes away. It's only 15 to 20 minutes away from the pinball club. Mm -hmm. So my friend and I will sometimes, that's where we went to the pinball club, played a bunch of pinball, then drove the 15 minutes to see Cocaine Bear <laughs> and sit in the recliner seats and stuff. That's like our go-to theater for movies now. So I thought, okay, Tuesday nights are half price. You also get a half price for matinee. So it's like okay, it's so like seven, eight bucks. I'll go to the movie. I'll go see Mario. Is this Sitting there? Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. You. Is this the chain of theaters in Florida? It's a Florida exclusive. No, it's um. There, there are a couple of theaters. They're called B and B theaters. Mm -hmm. Like B and B Metroplex or something like that. But we're sitting there in the middle of the movie. You know, it's cute. You know, the whole part in Brooklyn. There is so many nods to every type of game that you can think of i saw stuff from pikmin of course there's mm -hmm. duck hunt there's the pizzeria they're in is based off of punch out so all <laughs> of the it looks like the like it has the it has the belt on there there's all the pictures of all the different fighters and it's they they've already said that he's in the movie but spike from wrecking crew is in it yep and you get to meet the family you get to see mario's family with everybody so, you know, we're we're in the movie and the you know, Princess Peach is training him. You see all that in the in the trailer. So the princess is standing there and she goes, I'll never let anything happen to my kingdom. And boom. Power went out. 
total total darkness and then the emergency lights went on <laughs> it was this cute little boy sitting next like a couple of uh, seats next to me with his mom he goes what happened mommy <laughs> and i went the power's out and they looked at and i i said it like in a normal tone of voice you know not like a movie voice but, yep. like power's out like said the power's out and i heard people behind me go huh i said try your chair because we're sitting in the in the reclining chair, I'm just going. <laughs> like, I got up and I go outside, and there's people all running around going crazy, and the whole theater is in total darkness. <laughs> and I looked at the guy and I go, "So, uh, does this happen often?" <laughs> and turns out because they have, for some reason, they're putting condos in next to like the yeah. movie theater. The guy says, this has happened before, and they've shut the water off on them before. <laughs> well, like, great place for a theater. So they basically gave us free gift cards. They said, come back in, bring your, bring your, uh, bring your ticket stub, tell us what happened, and you'll get to see the show on us. And I was like, okay, so hopefully in a week or two I'm going to head over there and see it finally. It was cute, you know. I still don't care that much for um, what's his nuts doing the Chris, voice of Chris Pratt, yeah. and it's kind of what some other people said. It's called Super Mario Brothers, but he get Luigi gets kidnapped. Yeah, because we can't, we don't want to have uh, Princess Peach get kidnapped and like, you know, do that normal trope that no one's everybody's sick of. And the other thing that pissed me off is everybody's talking about the song that Jack Black sings mm-hmm. as King Koopa. I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we'll, I'm just staying away from everything. So I've been staying away from everything too. I do plan on seeing it pretty soon. So when we record next, I I already talked about it in the beginning how I always say what we're going to do in the next episode and then some shit happens and blah, blah, blah. But we will talk about the movie after we both see it. Yep, that's for sure. There's definitely heard, a lot of... Uh... A lot of old school nods for us old school Nintendo fans in it. it. From what I've heard, it was done well and done right. It was done by fans. It, there's a lot of old school nods. It's not the usual, let's take an IP and let's do something completely different. But we all kind of had an idea that it was done correctly just by the plumbing commercial mm-hmm. with the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Lots of nods. Yep. The fact that they got the woman that played Princess Toadstool yep. in the movie is in there as as the uh, as the as the person that they call, which I thought was friggin' funny as hell. Yep, especially doing her voice and it. Mm. She and the way she does it, she does it as if she's reading a script. Yeah, she's like, got word like a for cute word. She, she's looking. at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> yep, it was pretty cute. The only thing is, like, it's Illumination, and a lot of the stuff that Illumination does, it just feels the equivalent of jingling keys in front of a kid's face to keep them keep them yeah. entertained and keep them watching the screen. So it's got to have the pop music. It's got to be, a you know, it's like it's like the Sing movies and the Troll movie. It's got to be a jukebox yeah. musical. Anything yeah. you can do to keep the kids' attention for an hour and a half, and mom and dad can just kind of veg out in the theater and be be uh you know mildly entertained it reminds me of that scene from basketball where was ernest borgnine's the guy that runs the team and he's talking about kids attention spans are now measured in nanoseconds Mm -hmm. i think it's like and trey parker is sitting there staring at a bird tweeting he's like oh i'm sorry what did you say yep yeah the whole mtv generation thing that's the same thing like i can go and i make a on video for like 10-15 minutes and then I do a 15 second YouTube short and everybody watches it so I was yeah. like what the fuck do the Mario swing your arms from side to side come on it's time to go do the Mario take one step and then again let's do the Mario all together now you got it The Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario take one step 
And then again, let's do the Mario all together now. Come on now, just like that. So, they had the uh, Texas Pinball Festival, and a whole shitload of the games came out. And I don't think we had got... Had I gotten to play them since I talked to you? Play what? Did, did I get... Did you get to play... Did I talk to you about playing Foo Fighters and Godfather already? Yes. Okay. So, I found out that the Godfather, when I played it, was not updated. <laughs> so, I was watching um, Carl D'Angelo's stream, and he's doing a super skill shot, and like, how do you do a super skill shot? It said, press the action button. I hit the action button, nothing happened. Yep. So, we updated it. It's got super skill shots in it. Um, the Foo Fighters got another update. It's already had, like, four updates now. Mm -hmm. James Bond's had a couple of updates, so... Um, what else? Rush had a big, big update to fix a lot of the, um, exploits that people were doing, uh, for the wizard mode, so you're, yep. you can't get, like, five billion points a shot at the end that you're not supposed to do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, really cool stuff, so Gerard wants to talk about some games that he's been playing, <laughs> because I pretty much monopolized the last one, so it's gonna be nice to hear, uh, his thoughts, and I'll share some of mine because I played some of the ones that he has. Yep. So, first I'm going to start off by saying I already signed up to, got my tickets for Pintastic. That's the big New England Pinball Festival mm -hmm. they're holding in September. I did the full-blown VIP with 24-7 access to the VIP lounge where they have exclusive pinball games, a lot of modded games, Pinball party, everything. So I'm full-blown in pinball. I will finally get to play Foo Fighters in May. So I'm going to be going. I found I signed up to be an insider for Stern to have mm -hmm. access to some of the exclusive podcasts and videos, which I'm glad I did. I listened to the Foo Fighters podcast. And Foo Fighters. Hearing that they're making action figures, mm -hmm. I'm hoping they do another crate like they did with Elvira and Ninja Turtles with the figures or something like that. I just hope it's not like the Rush crate where it's like three things and it's $500. It'll probably, yeah, they're, the toppers, the all the toppers have been going up. You're going to, if you're getting like just the topper, it's going to be over, over a grand and I, hopefully the considering what they did with that loot box that you were talking about for the the loot box for for rush was really expensive so yeah because it was all autographed but uh, so it sounds like they're doing the they're doing the they're doing it two ways it sounds like they're doing the topper for Foo fighters and they have a deal with NECA releasing action figures mm -hmm. based on the Foo fighters and if you get the action figures they interact with the topper yep so it sounds like they're separate. I'll pay a couple hundred dollars for Foo Fighter action figures or a few hundred dollars for Foo Fighter action figures by NECA. They're made to fit that style. Yeah. It's probably going to be that toony cartoon style because that's a style in the pinball machine, the Foo mm -hmm. Fighters game. And the big thing with the Elvira's House of Horror loot crate that they did, they took the Elvira Toonie Terra that NECA mm -hmm. released and did a sparkly red paint job instead of black yep. and put in an exclusive box which there will be a video this week i'm going to release of an unboxing of it so he, that's what i'm you know, hoping they, they that said on the um on the insider podcast they already yep. said that you know oh the toppers action figures and they're like they said should we talk about that because normally they don't say what the topper is going to be they well, want to keep what, that all as a surprise so what they said is they're that action figures are going to interact with the topper. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think it's going to be two things. It's going to be the topper, then there's going to be the action figures. And the, uh, Jack, um, Jack Danger specifically said that was, his, they actually let, it would seem like it was kind of leak out. And Jack Danger said he always wanted to have the action figures interact with the topper mm -hmm. in the game. So we'll see. Yeah. I keep checking. I'm because hoping the, it, um, the pro version doesn't show it, but the premium and the LEs are basically, this is a box for the Foo Fighters action van because it shows a big hand holding, like, the band members and it has, you know, what supposedly their voice phrases are for each yeah. each character. 
So I'm thinking because NECA's involved, it's not just going to be an exclusive topper with the NECA figures, mm-hmm. that it's going to be two separate things, kind of like what they did with Ninja Turtles and the NECA Shredder and with the Elvira box. That way NECA can sell them separately. That actually works great for Sturm because Sturm can release the topper and say, if you want even more interactivity, buy the figures. Mm-hmm. Got a double dip on that, you know? That's like triple dip in there. Pinball oh, yeah. machine, topper, then the action figures. So and if you have everything, it's going to be... A, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's going to get your uh, resale value up <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah, and I'm, I'm full-on supporting the Stern loot crates because I want them to keep doing them. The Elvira House of Horror shirt is awesome. Mm-hmm. The exclusive pin that's a side art for the it's a side art for the game. It's that kind of it's not Elvira's normal dress. It's kind of like the I can't even think of what you would call it. It's like in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where Chevy Chase is like, "See, can't see the line, Rust." When the lingerie nope. counter girl show, yeah, it's that type of dress that she has on. And Wouldn't it has be the holidays patch. if the theater, if the uh, stores weren't hooter hotter as they are. <laughs> Bit nipply out. Bit nipply. I say nipples. <laughs> <laughs> the shirt, they, it's an extra large shirt, but it's like a legit extra large shirt that I can fit into. The Ninja Turtles one's a little tight on me. Mm-hmm. And the beanie hat with the logo. So I hope they keep doing it. And I'm really... Lo- I keep checking back on Stern. I keep going in to the Stern Insider see if there's any more updates or any more new stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, thirty nine ninety nine a a year is not bad. Been watching some exclusive videos for there's some exclusive videos if you're a stern insider of how they developed the mecha godzilla figure yep for godzilla and stuff like that i thought that was pretty cool we are just waiting for whenever they're going to announce this stuff for godzilla because they still have not yet announced the topper yeah. I got the topper for Deadpool, so mm-hmm. thank you to Marshall and Dave at the Little Shop of Games, which hopefully you'll be seeing me working there soon. Just uh, full disclosure. Which, so I have notes, and I'm kind of jumping out of order, but... It's all right. Live streaming in our future. Woohoo. We could touch. We could touch about that. I know you've been reaching out to yeah. Jack Danger and other people about equipment he pointed you to buffalo pinball i spent two and a half hours trying to set up obs with the live stream and it was glitching out it kept i was trying to go through the filters to kind of see to control the sharpness and the picture quality because when you just do youtube live the picture quality is awful Mm -hmm. and i accidentally I was having issues where I was trying to do just controlling the colors and the gamma rays, and it kept automatically giving me the green screen. Ugh. So it's like I'm trying. So Galaga was it Galaga? I can't. Is it Galaga eighty eight? I'm drawing a blank. I well, I wasn't there, so I can't tell you. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I mean, is that the name? So. Yeah, there's... Galaga eighty eight is the arcade one. Yeah, yeah, Galaga yeah. Ninety is the. Uh, T16 version. Yes, that, yep, so Galaga or Galaga 88, I'm playing it, and all the greens are solid black. And yeah. I'm like, what the hell? And I did some test recordings and stuff, and it, I eventually, after two and a half hours, figured out what was wrong, did some test recordings, got it good, but unfortunately, ran out of time to do a live stream, but I know, keep promising them in the other videos, but those live streams will be coming. I'm trying to tweak technology. Right now, I can use my phone remotely from my MacBook and have it record to the screen through OBS so I can control the picture quality. So I'm going to start with that. Eventually, I want to get a web camera and figure out the setup and then also play with the OBS display where you can have like the marquee for the game and all that nonsense Mm -hmm. like everyone does. Yeah. But we're working on it. I know we're a little behind with it, but we're working on it. I feel like, um, well, everybody, when you say that, they all think of, uh, I forget the one guy, get on it. <laughs> That's from, uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, that Chris guy, Chris Chan. <laughs> yeah. His dad says, you better, you uploaded it, you better unload it. And he goes, 
Get on it. <laughs> but yes, I I've heard your complaints. We, we know it. We've all known it. Like, yeah, I have one tripod. It's okay to film a screen if you're playing a video game, but sucks when you're behind a behind the back for a pinball machine. You can't get the entire playfield. You can't get the 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 stuff for it and everything. You can't get the you can't get the backlash and all that other good stuff. So, stuff that we're looking into, you know, they act like, oh, all of a sudden, just buy a couple of cameras, and then you're done. I was like, no, because you gotta buy, you gotta buy a new camera. You gotta buy new cameras. You gotta buy a, you gotta buy a new, you gotta get OBS. You gotta get the, you gotta, I have to get a brand new friggin' um, laptop, because the laptop that I have is, like, like Windows XP, for Christ's sakes. Mm-hmm. I gotta it's make bit, sure it has Thunderbolt and all this other stuff. So. It's a big ordeal, and then you have to learn OBS. OBS is great, but there's a pretty steep learning curve for yep. if you want it to look all nice and fancy. Mm-hmm. You have to do the equipment. And honestly, the the area I've been having the hardest time with has been tripod rigs mm-hmm. has been the cameras but it's like i've spent money on the the ring lights the um things that got great reviews like the bendable arms and stuff and when mm-hmm. i put the phone in the whole thing just bends over and flops down yeah and trying to come up with a rig to get especially for the arcade machine because it's funny a lot of streaming and a lot of the guys for streaming are for pinball. There's very little for arcade machines. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do I hook up a rig to get a nice, good image of the screen without it being that tilted angle one? Yeah. And without damaging my cabinet to connect yeah, it. What, yeah, what uh, Doc does is he has like some kind of thing that plugs in. To the cabinet, and he has like a direct feed. He has like yep. a capture device for it. I don't know how you get that on certain, like really old, on certain older games mm-hmm. when they do their Monday mysteries. They they just do the classic. Here's the tripod. Let's get as close as we can yep. to the screen because the machine's so old. There's not not a way to have like a video output on that other than on the screen, you know. And that's what's tough. The cabinet I have is. It's a pixel bash chill. It's very specific. Mm-hmm. Not that many people that have it are exporting videos from it. They're doing that with the more modern games or like JVS games. There's like almost no information about the cabinet online. I think my video review is one of the very few video reviews of the actual cabinet. Yep. As far as a homeowner. I seen that. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of uh, homeowner videos for the for that thing. Cuz most people that would buy it, they'd put it in their little their little rumpus room basement man cave setup, have their friends over and show, but they're not the people that are really into the arcade scene and going to arcades and stuff. It's Yep. Like what you what pinball used to be mm-hmm. for quite a few years, people get a pinball machine in their home just to, because it was their favorite movie or whatever and that's it. Mhm. What I was telling the, um, I was telling Marshall, what I'd like to get is the mobile command rig. That's what yep. pretty much the guys from, um, from Batcave have and the guys at District 82 have, where it's just a mobile rig. You know, it's like, you know, in the shape of the, you know, this, like the, the like a rectangle. Yep. And you just, it has, you know, three, it has three cameras. One a hut, one overhead, gives you the play field, one pointed at the screen, and one pointed to the player. There you go. Yep. I have the piece of equipment to plug into a stern game to get mm-hmm. direct feed for it, but that's only for the video. You have to get the separate um headphone adapter. Yeah. For for direct audio. Jack has that because he works for them. I don't yep. even I don't even know if they still sell those for yeah. the uh, for the audio jacks for you, for stern machines. Yeah, I, I think there's probably a third party one to do it. I have not seen that 
I have not seen the headphone jack since Sarah's place, Pinball mm-hmm. Wizards. They had the headphone jack kit where you could plug your headphones in right in the front of the pinball machine. I have not seen that since her place closed. Yeah. There's some people that do it, some people don't. So it's kind of, it's up in the air with that. So it's stuff that I have to look into. We got to make a budget and see. Because, yeah. like, the, the, the laptop alone is going to cost you, like, 500 bucks. Yeah. So it's like the laptop, get the laptop, have the OBS, and like if we, I want to have it just for just doing the video reviews and stuff like that. I'm going to keep it up with, you know, here's the single camera with me showing off the game, and then yep. we'll say, all right, let's set the rig up. Here we go. We're going to play it. And then it'll have the opening and stuff like that, because I feel like you get more when you have that ca- when you have the camera and you get to see kind of what it looks like from yep. your point of view rather than overhead because that's not really what people see when you see pinball. It just yeah. looks better for streaming and it looks better for video for that. I know. So it's, yeah. I you have to say- get into it. And the best part is because I'm going to be working at the little shop, I asked him if it's okay if it can stay in there. And he mm-hmm. said, yes, we can just leave it there. And... You know, just basically just plug everything in and charge it all up, and then that's you go from there. Awesome. So all that stuff is in the works for everyone listening. We're still go- we're going out of order. So also much more of a social media presence. I've been trying to hit up the. I finally got my phone. I. This is how out of touch I am with tech and social media. I pretty much finally confirmed and figured out how I can post on our Facebook page without it going to my personal page. Mm-hmm. Cause la- so we don't get people from like my work and other stuff posting like random is- responses. And it's just like, I thought you're doing such and such. When did you? And it's just like, oh my God. So more Facebook page posts. I have, I, I kind of categorized and have a whole bunch of been taking pictures non-stop over the past like eight years now i have them in a organized in a folder so i can randomly post and update so instagram will be updated regularly different stuff will be on facebook i'm going to try to do some more interact like what's your favorite game type nonsense on the facebook page yep. and randomly throwing stuff on twitter yep as long as twitter stays alive yep and i I can pretty much say both you and I do not give a rat's batute about putting money in for that. Oh, God, no. The richest men on earth got to ask me for money. Come on. Yeah. yeah. You mean Elon Musk, who referred to California as being like Hitler and the Nazi parties during COVID because they were shutting stuff down and saying, you know, you got to be home and be safe. We can't spread this. Why would we not be? Yeah. Why would not be on the same page as him? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, come on. Yeah. It's, I, I can see everybody leaving like rats, like a sinking ship. I was like, I am not paying for this. No, thank you. There's already it's, there's already been quite a few people who started substacks and and like basically just like even Matt from Dinosaur Dracula when when Elon, after shortly after Elon Musk bought it sent out like an email thing for a newsletter old school kind of subscribe newsletter as a just mm-hmm. in case if I just if, you, if Twitter goes the way it sounds like it's going and I'm not on there anymore you can still get the same nonsense from me just sign up for my newsletter going back to the zines and the newsletters yeah going all the way back the one the only the classic halloween i think you'll come back So Gerard, you got to play some new games or yeah. new new to new to you. Yes, new to me. We might not get through all of them, but we can at least we can tackle at least one. One elephant that's been in the room. 
the game that I told you I was going to drive eight hours to play and back in October, and I'm glad I didn't. That is the Spooky's Halloween pinball game. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but now I'm going to pull a Stewie Griffin and do a compliment sandwich. Okay. So the game has great art. As of course. The, the back glass is awesome. The original art's awesome. The stabbing hand topper is awesome. Also has the toys. The molded toys are awesome. You have Judith Meyer's grave. You have the pumpkin head. You have the hedge with Michael Myers, though there's three, which doesn't make sense. But you have still you have that. It awesome makes more toy. sense with Ultraman. Yeah, it makes more sense with Ultraman. But I, I remember I'm playing it for locking the ball. I'm like, why are there three? But anyway, the toys are awesome. As far as the gameplay, I swear the game the ball spends more time in the machine than out on the freaking play field. Mm-hmm. It's hidden see- a lot. Yeah, the ball's just hidden. It is so clunky, and it's because you one of the main injectors, like for example, attack from Mars, uh, attack, Mars attacks. It is Attack from Mars. Attack from Mars. Mars. I'm all mixed up. Yeah. You know, or Medieval Madness. It has that one dropper, the drop, you throw the ball in. That's where the randomizer is. It pops out of there. Mm -hmm. For friggin' Halloween, whenever the ball disappears under the play field, one of the ejectors, it's right in one of the, would you call it an in lane on the right flipper side? Yes. And it had, because I'm, for everyone, I'm still new to the terms of pinball because I'm just recently getting into yep. it. There's a graphic plate on top, so you don't see the ball pop up. The ball just randomly appears in that lane. Mm-hmm. Now, what makes it difficult is it's not instant. You could be sitting there for five seconds like, where the hell's the ball? Boom, pops up, drains. It's like, what the hell? Then there's other times when you hit the hedges. There's just a lot of downtime. I've had games where the flow is going good. I'm feeling good playing. Ball disappears. Completely kills it. Because it takes too long for the ball to pop up. The other problem besides the ball being hidden and that breaking up the flow, the friggin' video scenes. I know you got Hmm. the rights to Halloween. You want to show clips. We don't need to see a 10, 15 second clip in the middle of a frenzied game. Mm-hmm. You start like I remember starting the the uh, the friggin' car mode when Michael Myers strangles the babysitter or whatever from the back. I think it's the babysitter from the back seat of the car, and it's just like I don't need to see this whole scene. I've seen this movie a hundred times. You just completely interrupted the flow and the speed. Then all of a sudden, the ball's going to pop out someplace and drain anyway. Just little things like that. I I swear a tweak in the code could fix. Not all of it, but a decent chunk of the problems with the game. Yeah, people have been complaining about that too with the movie clips on Godzilla. It just feels like you're standing there waiting too long. They have implemented that, you know, you just double tap the flippers and mm-hmm. it'll take off and then you can play. Oh but my god. Some So I've never I never thought the video scenes in Godzilla were too long. So mm-hmm. if I'm thinking that Godzilla's fine and Halloween scenes are too long mm-hmm. Then they're really fucking long if other people are complaining about Godzilla. The thing was, I was playing... Now, keep in mind, you know, I've only gotten to play Halloween once. I've played Ultraman a few times because we still have one that was traded into the to the little shop. And it's one of those things like, you're playing in a bar, right? You, you, that's mm-hmm. what, Where did you play it again? I played it at... Um... Tokens, uh, Tokens Tap Room. Okay. Which, so, th- well, they had the game. So there's, when you walk into Tokens Tap Room, right to the left, there's a little alcove where they'll place like a game. And if you play it in that alcove, you can hear everything in the game. It's okay. not like it's in a lineup. Mm-hmm. The thing that I noticed was like, it makes those sounds when, when, when you put the ball into one of the, um, one of the holes. When it comes mm-hmm. out from the left or right side, you'll hear it. But here's the problem. Most people are playing in a place that's crowded yep. and it's loud. You're not going to hear that. Plus, the other thing is that you don't look down and you see the lights flash. Yep. I was watching when the guys got it at the um, at the Batcave. They had like a two-ball multi-ball. And 
they couldn't even tell where the ball was because it was hidden. Yep. He walked away and it spat it out. <laughs> it's like, yep. oh, the game's still going. Like that. So I, for a minute, I thought it was just the game I was playing. I thought there was something wrong with it. You know how sometimes you play a pinball game, you get a multi-ball or has more balls, it can't locate a ball? Yep. So there's a delay in it popping the ball up because it's trying to locate the ball? I thought that's what this was doing until I went on um, Pinside and read about the game, and it's mm-hmm. like, no, that's the freaking game. No, this is what it's supposed to be. Holy shit. And the other thing that drove me nuts... The flippers for the upper play field. Now, just for perspective, I loved the Family Guy pinball game Stern did. I loved Stewie's little mini pinball. I had no problem playing that. The alignment of the flippers for Halloween, it almost feels like I need to crisscross my arms. Yeah. The flippers on the left side are so off and to the right, it feels like the right flipper should control them. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was throwing me off. I just, it's something maybe over time I could get used to, but I played the game like seven or eight times that I couldn't get used to. But to kind of close the sandwich and end with a comment. Compliment. uh, Compliment. Yeah, comment. Compliment for the compliment sandwich. I did find when you're in the upper play field, when you start some of the, I forgot what mode it is. It's one of the it's one of the Michael Myers modes. The music, the suspense increases, and when you're trying to get the ball, there's like an there's like two upper play fields. The top one, you're trying to get it up into like a it's like a side pocket, and that's basically the closet where Laurie Strode hides and stabs Michael Myers in the eye with the hanger. When you try to trying to get the ball in there with the music and the franticness, that is awesome. That's what the whole freaking game should be. Mm-hmm. it's just a shame starting getting to that mode i'm like okay this is awesome i get the ball up there it shows a quick scene of michael myers getting the clothes hanger in the eye feel their satisfaction it feels good and gets the adrenaline pumping it's just a shame that it's so hard to get to that point and the rest of the game is just it's just a slog. so yeah it's a slot it's a slog fest it's a shame and it's the same with Ultraman, because once again, they're the same game. So it's like, yep. depending on which one you're more of a fan of, if you're a fan of the, you know, Tokukatsu, I totally butchered that, like the giant, <laughs> the giant monsters, kaiju? or if you want, well, they, they, they call, that's you're, another you're, name for yeah, it, there's Kaiju and there's Tokusatsu. Yeah, yeah it's another like, word for it. it's like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers mm-hmm. with giant Kaiju monsters. Yeah, like yep. Ultraman. Like your Japanese Spider-Man. Emissary yeah. of Death. <laughs> it was just like... I don't know what they were thinking. You know, it just... Hopefully Scooby-Doo's better. I've been hearing a lot of mixed things on it. Um, there is a Scooby-Doo that was mm-hmm. at the at the little shop. I don't know how much longer it's going to be there because they are fixing it up for, um, for a client. Mm-hmm. They basically just say hey, I, let me ship you the game to you and figure out if there's anything wrong with it. If there's something wrong with it, ship it back to me, you know, uh, bring it to me like that. And they pay for the shipping and they pay for the time that, you know, they had putting it together. So, you know, Scooby's been getting some new updates. There's a new Scooby Snack multi ball that they've mm-hmm. added in. But I don't know how to update... Um, uh, one of their games, so that'll be a, a learning experience for another day. I'm hoping, and some of these problems we talked about with Halloween, I could see them being fixed with code, with adjusting the codes. Not everything, but some of them. Yeah, I could see the be- game becoming more playable with code. The other thing that sounds so ridiculous, and I, I don't remember the exact quotes, but when Laurie's trying to go away from Michael Myers, and you hear the Donald Pleasance Dr. Loomis uh, voice actor Mm -hmm. saying it's like something like shoot for the spinners, help him get away from Michael. It's like, oh my God, it just sounds so ridiculous. It's like shoot for the friggin' spinners, help Lori get away from Michael. There's something I was like, you got to hit the spinners so help Lori get away from Michael. It's like, it just makes no sense. Like he complimented me one time. I was like, 
you had a good game, you had a good try, but no one was able, you're not a, no one can escape evil like that, he says something like that, <laughs> as it's like, I felt like Bubs from, uh, yep. what the hell is it, uh, Homestar Runner, yep. in actuality, I didn't think it was that great. Yep. <laughs> yeah, some of the lines, like, they got a great voice actor, really does sound like Donald Pleasant. I forget the gentleman's name, but supposedly he, that's what he's, like, known for, is doing some of those, uh, Donald Pleasant's voices. He did an awesome job, but the lines they gave him, it's just like that it it takes you out of the moment. It's like mm-hmm. you have the Halloween music, the John Carpenter music, the dun 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 dun. Then you hear Donald Presence Donald Pleasance shout out, Dr. Loomis shout out, shoot from the spinner so you can get away from Michael Myers. It's like what? Rip that just that spinner. <laughs> Escape. Hit the spinner. Yep. Hit the spinner. So, Help Laura get away from Michael. What? That makes no sense. And also you said that you got to play some uh what is it? Uh, the other game from American Pinball that's coming that they have uh Legends there. of Valhalla? Yes, Legends of Valhalla. I've been playing the crap out of Legends of Valhalla. That's become one of my new one of my new favorite games. So I before we start recording, I was trying to explain the level of pin, recent pinball games and where I placed them. And I, so now I remember the game I forgot, TNA. Totally. Okay. Yeah. So I would say Godzilla and then Legend of Valhalla and TNA are tied. Mm-hmm. And then just below that would be the Rudy's Nightmare. Yes. But Legend of Valhalla it has me hooked. I know. I totally admit I am wrong. When I first played it, I was not a fan of the video scenes. It reminded me of like kind of flash animation, blah, blah, blah. It pretty much is, you know. It, it, it is, but honestly, it does not take away from the game at all. The game is a lot of fun. It has some great flow. There's some great loop shots. The toys, I think, are awesome. I love the Viking ship and locking the balls in the Viking ship. Choosing which, when you get to there's different modes of, it's almost like... Um, so it's like almost saying where you get a mode and you choose which one you want. So it's fighting different characters like a banshee or like a skeletal undead army. And each one does different things. The skeletal undead army unleashes like it's like an undead multiball. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. The hammer toy is insane and loud. It's basically like a pinball knock, but you see a giant, a giant hammer on the back go down with a light when a knock goes i forget i think that's it's either thor's or odin's hammer yeah but it is mjolnir though what i think it's mjolnir yeah i think that's what they call it but it the game is a blast the the loop shots all the shots are fun some of the shots are hard you when you play it and you play it more you feel even if you're not doing well at it and i'm far from doing well at the game you feel like you're accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. And it's something where the older pinball games had this more where if you started a mode, if you didn't fully complete the mode, you still got credit for the mode. Mm-hmm. It's like like if you're trying to play through, I'm trying to think like almost like it's some maybe Medieval Madness has it, but some of the like 90s pinball games, you don't have to fully finish the mode you just have to activate the mode and play it and then it counts as done mm-hmm. and so it does that with the modes mm. which i like so it's not like i forgot what, i want to say it's almost like infinity like infinity quest yeah. you start the you start the um the hulk's fight you don't win the hulk's fight so the infinity stone gets taken away and gets sent to one of the enemies it doesn't yep. just let up Hulk and say you, you that mode is done and go on to the next mode to try to get to the wizard mode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been I've, a while since I've gotten to play uh, Valhalla. I've played it a bunch. I plan on going and playing some more Friday. Unfortunately, the place I've been playing at has shown all the sad signs of an arcade about to close up. Uh-oh. They used That's to have a, a huge... like. I think it was like uh, like a month ago I went, and they had a huge selection of pinball, which included Godzilla, Stranger Things, Valhalla, Middle Earth, and there was one more, a Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Now, 
when I went there last, it had Valhalla, Middle Earth, Star Wars. Uh oh. Well, it had Star Wars, so it, had, it went from six to three. It also had a whole bunch of arcade games. I'd say a third to a half of the arcade games were removed to put in Ice Ball. And so, and out of nowhere, um, what was that Howie Mandel show? Was it let, let, Deal or No Deal? Yes. The Deal or No Deal Redemption game and a couple claw machines. I need to make that ticket money. Yeah, but it's a oh, within a month period. And so, as we've talked about, when arcade starts adding more redemption or amusement rides, indoor roller coasters, they're, they're on their lifeline. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because that's where I used to go play Godzilla. When I went there last expecting to play Godzilla, it was gone. So I'm, I'm hoping the pinball is back when I go there on Friday. But if not, I'm assuming Valhalla will at least be there. We can only hope. Yep. You never know. So, folks, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day and listening to the brand new arcade hunters podcast as always you can find us on all your favorite social media sites uh twitter as long as it lasts um <laughs> gerard do you have anything else you'd like to add just keep checking social media and we're i we've been promising live streaming we're working on it yes all right folks thank you very much for uh checking it out and you guys all take care we'll see you next time see ya